Hi everyone, I'm Pamelia Chia and you are listening to the podcast of Singapore Noodles, the go-to destination to learn about Singaporean food. I'm very excited to introduce this week's guest on our show because he runs one of Singapore's most popular private dining experiences. From what I understand, he's fully booked until 2023. He's none other than Sam Wong from Lucky House Cantonese Private Kitchen. And in this episode, he shares about the Cantonese philosophy and approach to food and cooking. And I really, really love this episode and I hope that you'll enjoy this conversation too. So I'm very, very curious how you got started with cooking, you know. How was your childhood like growing up with food? Mm, I started off quite young, I think. Because I like to catch fish. So after you, like, secondary one, I think, or two, then go out, go everywhere, catch fish, and then after that, bring home, then mom don't want to do anything, then I have to cook it, so that's how I, I got, got, got into cooking. Mm. Yeah. Then see my grandma go, go market, marketing in Chinatown. Then just follow and buy things. So I, I got to like to go to the markets. So yeah. every day I go to the market except Mondays. Mm. In Australia, I also like to go anywhere. Every country, Thailand, UK. <laughs> Anywhere I can find, I will just go to the markets and, 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 and walk around for a few hours. It's, to me, it's, it's really nice. Okay. So you learned basically by going to the market and picking out ingredients with your grandma? No. I was too young. Oh, you were too young. Grandma is around. I was too young. I only looking, see. I just got like, like to like the market, but not the cooking. The cooking is later on, on and when I'm doing my shoe business, sometimes when there's festival, then I try to cook a bit yeah. and play, play, experiment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you say play, play, but when I see your dishes, it's so technically yeah. challenging, you know? Like I saw your roast duck and your <laughs> chicken. I think those are uh, dishes that really need a lot of skill. So, yeah, this, this, this needs skill. Uh. Yeah, but it's nothing like rocket science. Uh. It's, it's not difficult. If you, if you think, try, try and error, then a few times you should get it right already. These kind of dishes, right? You can't find much information on it online because no. all the masters want to keep all their secrets. They, they right? don't tell you nothing when yeah. <laughs> they don't say everything. They don't say nothing when really. So even even if I I were to, um, like if personally. I, I don't even follow any receipt books on that, no, or people teaching you because everything is so different. Uh, what they buy, what they use, uh, what is their cookery utensils are uh, different from what you have at home. So if you follow step by step uh, what is being written or what is being taught on a video, it's also difficult uh, for you to get it uh, right. Don't even say get it right. You might not be able to uh, see the difference anyway. Because when the timing, they say this time, this time, uh, this much, this much, this much, maybe okay. But the timing, the cooking is is a bit different. I mean, for Cantonese cooking, uh, yeah. Unless I put in the oven at 300 degrees for five minutes, okay, sure, correct. uh, 
even sometimes different brands of ovens or different types of oven, the size of the oven also matters. Eh? If you're really into cooking uh, to a specific uh, to a specific standard, uh, it, it, it is different. Eh? Mm. So, so you have to think. Mm. But you always had an interest in cooking? Or was it later, later on in life? Mm. The cooking thing interest is at the back of my mind. Because I'm a shoemaker in, 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 the, in my profession. Yeah. So shoes always came first. La. Cooking was not in my mind when I was doing the shoe business. One, okay. So uh, only pops up once in a while, Chinese New Year or, or don't know what, Hungry Ghost Festival. And then it pops up then after that date again. So <laughs> until about five, six years back then, then uh, when uh, when when I you know let my shoe business run by other people uh, then I start to hey, think what to do with my spare time. Uh. Then cooking came up and do uh, yeah. Mm. So when you first started doing this, um, doing Lucky House, what was mm. your original intention? Was it to um, like <laughs> past time only? <laughs> oh, it was just the past time. Yeah. But you took no. it so seriously. But it's to not I take it seriously, one no. In in the in, in well in, in the beginning, right at the beginning, so it was to pass time and then um, this is the first time that you do and cook and collect money uh, for people, uh, then you be a bit like hey, you must do it properly, right? <laughs> you cannot then but once the first time, then they they come, they say, "Hey, very good, like." And then these these people who eat, they are they are like uh, also food writers, ah. Uh. Yeah. Ah, then oh oh, then must be good, lah. Okay, lah, <laughs> try and try again, uh. yeah. yeah. When I saw your uh your menu, right, it's like so value for money because almost every dish has some some kind of seafood or meat or mm. poultry. And I, I read somewhere that you even make things like your oyster essence yourself from dried oysters. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't have oyster sauce on that. Yeah, and you pound all the spices by hand. Yeah, by but, hand. Yeah. yeah, so why? Work out, ma, for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for that amount of money that you charge, is it worth it? Um, it started off as a, as a, as a, as for fun, ah. Then it was okay, law, right? Then later when it become more serious, then oh, you think oh, it still has money because I don't pay rent, so so rent is a big thing in Singapore, ma. But I don't pay rent, so it's still worth it, The money is there, but the thing is that you have a lot of people coming back again and again and again and again and again and again. And again, and again uh. Hey, okay, law. So should be should be very happy, law, right? Satisfied, law. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I saw the dishes, I think uh, a key feature in your cooking is the use of charcoal, right? Yeah. So why do you insist on using charcoal? Do you feel like it makes the dishes taste different? Oh, it it does, it does, it does. There, there is no no replacement uh, for fire uh, for raw for flames uh, using wood. Uh, it does. It has has a uh, impact. Uh, because using charcoal or, or, or wood, uh, um, 
there is a, a, a certain degree of uh, of uh, artistry in it. There is. Uh, it's, it's very different from using gas or using uh, electricity uh, to cook. Because um, different kinds of charcoal imparts different kinds of heat. Hmm. Or different size of charcoal impart different kinds of heat. And um, it is... Uh, it, it is a, a, a very, uh, I think, quite a deep skill uh, to, to judge uh, from the fire and then from the piece of meat or whatever you want to cook uh, is how long is the cooking time and what kind of utensil you have to use. So this one is a bit difficult to, to impart uh, because it, it, it is uh, quite different. Uh. Then when you are cooking with uh, charcoal uh, or wood, uh, the the intensity of the fire sometimes is um, is either your friend or it can be your worst enemy. So, <laughs> it, 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 this is to me. This is very fun. <laughs> how how to manage it? <laughs> yeah, how to harness it? Mm. Is charcoal a big part of Cantonese cooking? For 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 us, uh, Cantonese, uh, I think one of the main main component of Cantonese cooking is our roasting, right? Roast duck, roast meat, roast this, roast that, roast pig, roast sucking pig. All this is a very big part of the Cantonese uh, cooking diaspora. And uh, I think in the whole of China, there is uh, no other regional cuisine uh, that does uh, roasting uh, as well as the Cantonese. You don't hear about anything. Uh. Don't tell me Beijing duck. Uh. Beijing duck only roast duck. They don't roast the whole pig. They don't roast a pig. They don't roast goose. Don't roast nothing. Only the Cantonese uh, can roast everything. Mm. Generally, lah. Uh, but mm. it's the truth, uh. um, mm. So, roasting is a big part of Cantonese cooking. Mm. But traditionally, do they use uh, charcoal to roast? It's more like uh, wood, right? Uh, in China, they can still use wood. Uh, Singapore cannot find wood, lah. Uh. <laughs> That's true. A little, little bit of wood. <laughs> or Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, they cannot even use charcoal already. Mm. So they have gas or electricity because of the density, uh, population density in, uh, in Hong Kong, they cannot use charcoal. Yeah. I think they have uh, two or three licenses uh, in the whole of uh, Hong Kong to use charcoal or wood. Mm. So traditionally, wood, yes. Mm. Uh, after that, charcoal. Yeah, and I saw that you even use it for your dessert. Like there's a red bean soup that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, cooked over charcoal fire. So why do you yeah. do Because the it's not a red bean, no. It's those kidney beans. Eh. Kidney beans. Those very big, big size red beans. Mm. So when you are cooking those, you need a lot of time and, uh, and really intense heat. Eh, mm. For it to go soft to that kind of softness that I want. Mm. Almost a ten-hour job when you when you boil it with uh, big peanuts, uh, so they will really melt in your mouth, and you cannot even uh, taste the the skin of the beans. It totally mm. melts, but you need a lot of time oh. and a lot of intense heat. So only the charcoal can do well. Uh. Mm. Uh, if you use gas, can but can you imagine to boil for ten hours over gas? How much gas you need to, to use? It doesn't make sense one. Uh. 
Yeah. I've heard some Peranakans also use charcoal for making kaya. Like, you know, steaming it for like... Ah, the heat is the best. Because <laughs> it's very even. They need very even heat for, for, for and even and low. But it's still a skill, uh, how much heat you need to use. So, mm. yeah. Because the char- charcoal when it's new, is hotter, then it slowly goes yeah. down. Ah, then your, your, your kaya also needs the same thing when it is... You just initially you need higher heat, then slowly to reduce the heat, gradual one. So it's just naturally best, yeah. right? You don't play with your gas one. No need. Your gas only few, few. Uh, how to say? Uh, a big small meter, like, you know. Uh, but not like that. Hmm. Wow. So how do you know about this kaya making over charcoal? Have you done it before? I saw I saw one uncle long, long, long donkey years back do it one. <laughs> in my in my Chinatown time. One time I saw how he do once or twice. I just see you I've never made it but I see how he do ask a big question like that. So how did, how did the name for your supper club come about? Why do you call it Lucky House? Oh, because we are staying in Lucky Heights, so called Lucky House. Oh, that's also my idea. Yeah. yeah, so do you intend to do it for a long time? Until I'm 60. So oh. another eight more years. How come so specific? Why 60? Huh? I must set the target. That's yeah. your retirement age. Yeah, retirement age. Oh, if not, how people continue to taste your food? I think you should do it until like, I mean, for a long time. No, so very tiring. Actually, it's true. It's very, very tiring. Do you do everything mm. alone? Uh, basically, yes. But I have a helper. You know, Singapore have helpers. Mm. Yeah, I want people to help me. Mm. Yeah, I think if one person do it, it's really very tiring. Clean thing, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, I actually did a private dinner once here in Australia. It was very, very tiring. I was just cooking for four people and it was like, you prepare the food for maybe one or two days, one or two whole days. And then the people come, you serve them, you cook. And then when they leave, you still have to clean up. Oh my God. Yeah. They have to mop the floor while allowing <laughs> Yeah, and I'm thinking, how do people do this for a living? You know, people who do private dining for a living. It's really uh, intense. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, it, yeah. So you need help. Uh. One person is it's quite tiring. Yeah. yeah. But you enjoying it? Yeah, at the moment, yes. Get to meet a lot of people. Uh. A lot, a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh. So it's fun uh, because I like to chat and uh, talk. So... <laughs> To me, it's second nature. Yeah. You like to blah, blah, blah and good law. If you don't like to talk, uh, you don't go into private dining. Developing a rapport with your diners, uh, I think is one big part of the experience. Uh. Mm. Oh, so you don't like to talk, uh, then don't do, uh, do something else. Uh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, actually that's very true because, you know, I realized that being a private chef, right, it's more than just cooking. You really have to entertain and really yeah. not to be a good host. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, can sing even better. Sing? Yeah. You sing during your dinners? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> sing Chinese opera, Cantonese song, English song, everything also can. 
that's after you drink a few a few beers or something. Uh, if I feel like drinking, then drink lah. Now I don't drink lah. Every night people ask you to drink, how to drink? You know, I don't want to drink. Mm. Only those like 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 some people sometimes uh, like not every day I sing no those like. Uh, Cantonese who comes, then got aunties. Ah, uh, the sometimes got those Chinese opera people. One come, then sing long. Uh, I don't sing like what? Well, they don't want to listen. Why you sing so difficult, right? So, <laughs> well, what the hell is he doing? Uh, so, what was your first time doing it like? Were you nervous? Hmm? Your first time. First doing time, it? yes. After that, no nervous. Really. First time they eat my roast duck. This. Quite famous writer lah. They say, "Hey, wow, you this one better than anything that I eat all over the world." Oh, if some other people say, maybe I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, but really, she writes a lot of books on eating and cooking. Then you know, oh, there must be something, some truth in it lah. Mm. Then after, okay, must be okay lah. Uh, when you just go back to basic, I think. Is some taste that you no know, reminds you of your childhood, or some taste that is different from the general food you get outside. Then, hello. Then there is uh, uh, reminiscence. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, then people will like it, lah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Actually, a lot of my like my Cantonese aunt, she always tells me that the flavors that she had when she was growing up. And what mm. she gets now outside, right in Singapore, is different. Mm. Different. Different. The thing, a uh, very simple thing, one dim sum, uh. just say dim sum. Uh. Uh, when I was younger, or even when my father, fathers, my fathers and his friends, ah, uh, when they were younger, they eat the dim sum, uh, in the old Chinatown uh, tea shops, uh. They say those were better. Mm. They those are better than anything now. Simple thing is, those days, those days back there, all the chicken were fresh. Oh, all the pork is from kampung. Mm. Oh, then, of course, because the ingredient is totally different. One now, I think in dim sum place, ah, which dim sum filler give you fresh yeah, chicken? Or oh, put it this way, which dim sum, which chicken that they Use now uh, comes from a farm, mm. <laughs> raising them organically. Sixty years or fifty years ago, every chicken in Singapore is from Lim Chu Kang or Amaking, or whatever. right? So yeah. definitely better one for sure one. So you you cannot get those kind of taste back mm. already. Oh, yeah. even you know, there's some one guy that I know, a uh, pork uh, seller. Uh, no, no, uh, uh, tang, uh. Mm, I love that. Oh my god, Chu tang, right? There's yeah. one guy uh, who is so so uh, adamant uh, about his Chu tang uh, that when he don't get fresh slaughtered pork anymore, pig, uh, fresh slaughtered pig, uh, he, he stopped, uh, he don't want to do. Oh, he changed to selling soya. Uh, this one, respect. Uh. Mm. True. Really, you must respect his uh, integrity. You know, he said, "What change?" He said, "Change, I don't want." Oh, and then all the pigs in Singapore, uh, or all the pork that's been sold in Singapore. Uh, hey, this interview only me and you only, right? No, 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 no. this is a podcast. 
<laughs> podcast meaning a lot of people listening. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, I thought only me and you. I can't let anyone to say this. Yeah. Okay, nothing. Okay. Skip. <laughs> Skip. Okay, put it this way. I hardly use pork in my dishes. Yeah. <laughs> you hardly see me use any pork. Very hardly. Mm. And also last time in the markets, I think it was like, from what I've heard uh, from older people, they say that chickens used to be killed on the spot. Is that true? Uh, yes. Yes. Before I was... Before my 16-year-old, I think all the chicken that we eat is killed in the market one. Mm. So maybe 1984, before 1984, I think all were live slaughtered chicken. Mm. More. Mm. So can you really taste the difference in the flavor? Yes, of course. Of course, yes, 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 yes. It's, it's different, different. Texture is different. Texture more, is different. Last time was more firm, is it? Mm, I wouldn't say whether it's more firm or what. It's, um, it's, it's just the, the fragrance from the chicken. And then after you cook it, uh, it, 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 it tastes better than mm, frozen chicken, uh, for sure. Uh. Mm. But some, not most of the chickens now in Singapore you get is uh, also slaughtered in factories. So they probably slaughter it midnight then uh, by... 7 or 8 o'clock when you go to the market, it's, uh, it's already um, it's, uh, 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 already there, but it's still slaughtered the same day. But just that the quality of the chicken is, uh, is, is it's not the same as last time. Mm. Yeah, and so now where do you source your chicken from? Chicken seller. In, in the market? In <laughs> the market. Yeah, but you, I tell them what I want. Uh, he has to buy better chicken for me. You go to the, the 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 slaughter factory there and choose uh. Yeah, you pay more for it uh. Yeah, but what are your requirements for your chicken? Bigger, two kilo and above. Is it bigger, better? Right, bigger, better. Oh. Bigger, better. Why? Mm. The, because the flavor is better. Uh, flavor is, is better. Longer time they have been around long longer time feeding more. Uh, the 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 chicken taste is. Uh, is uh, is uh, more pronounced uh. mm. But is it also true that uh, older chickens tend to be harder, like tougher? Uh, that is uh, a matter of um, uh, pers- personal preference, uh. But in Singapore or Malaysia, generally the chickens, the good chickens, are slaughtered between two and a half, two to two and a half months, uh. So that means uh, eight weeks to ten weeks, they will be slaughtered already, uh. mm. But having said that, uh, uh, because I go to China quite a lot. Uh, in China, southern China, where they, Guangdong province, uh, where they really have a, a, a very uh, a specific, um, how to say, taste uh, in chicken. Uh. Uh, some people want their chicken to be between nine months to one year old. Mm. Cock. They don't want hens. So nine, year, nine months to one year cockroach. That is the preferred uh, chicken uh, and very expensive. Oh wow! In Singapore, it's all hens, is it mainly at the market? all hens, no cockroaches. I don't think I've ever had a cockroach before, but uh, uh, it's about the same lah. Slightly more um, the meat lah, more uh, um, yeah. Not much difference ah. not much difference. Yeah. Generally, in Singapore, don't eat cockroaches They say uh, cockroach and poison. Yeah. 
not true lah. <laughs> no one got poison. No. I so many people know still around. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about Cantonese cooking? Like, what do you feel is like the main characteristic of it? So we Cantonese always say in our cooking ah, uh, they should be uh, uh, ching ching ching. Mm. Okay, first thing lah, ching lah. Second thing is uh, uh, team. Hmm. Nah, sweet lah. Yeah, natural sweetness is it? Natural sweetness. The thing is, uh, seen. Or oh, fresh. Described as fresh, or some people say una umami. So you must basically be able to uh, make these three uh, requirements uh, in your cooking lah. Uh. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's why we we don't use a lot of. Uh, uh, condiments one. If you can cook something without any condiment, and then it tastes superb, then this is something that we really like, because it will it will present all these three um, these three requirements very uh, very uh, prominently. Mm. If you're cooking chicken lah. If you can find, let's say you keep your own chicken, oh, one fine day, right? Pamela, you, you, you really keep some chickens, right? Then the best way to cook your chicken is what? Just steam with salt. Finish. Ooh. That's oh. it. Just salt. Nothing. And you taste. It will be the best chicken you have ever eaten. Yeah, that's what they call yuan zi yuan wei, right? Yuan zi yuan wei. And then you have to cook it in the correct timing. Uh, correct timing, correct position, or correct fire, uh, then this will be the best chicken you ever eaten. Yeah. Yeah, I think the quality of the produce is the most important thing. Uh, they, they always cook books, Chinese, old Chinese cookbooks say the success of a cooking uh, 40% of the lies with the person who buys the ingredient. Hmm. The 60% is the person who cooks it. Wow. So, oh, this is a... Uh, yeah. Cantonese cooking cannot bluff one. Oh, yeah. It's not like you put a lot of uh, heavy spice. Uh, you put some whatever thing that you think can uh, sure taste nice one. Yeah, yeah. You put a lot of spice. Uh, you only eat the spice, of course. It's nice, law. Mm. Any spice, you see how? Yeah. So I think in that sense, um, Cantonese cooking is quite similar to Teochew cooking in that it's very ting, right? It's all about the freshness mm. of the produce. Mm. For me, I never put a single slice of ginger in my fish. Because it's so fresh. So fresh. Why do you need to? <laughs> why do you need to draw a snake and add some toast <laughs> to it? Uh, no need. Yeah. You are very sure it is fresh. Just steam it. Enjoy mm. the taste. Yeah. You know, someone told me that of all the Chinese groups, right? Cantonese people always feel that their cuisine is superior to all the other Chinese mm-hmm. cuisines. Is it true? You think yeah. so? Uh, I don't dare to say this. <laughs> you don't dare to say in a podcast. Say it or not, I say it. Oh. 
<laughs> but I can tell you one thing lah. What what is uh what is the Cantonese mentality towards cooking and eating? Hmm. Uh, the Shanghainese prefer to wear beautiful clothes. Oh, they they don't mind spend beautiful clothes. Maybe spend hundred thousand on a watch or spend the money on clothes to make yourself look pretty. To a Cantonese ah, they rather spend all their money on eating. The best things, uh, fish more lah, abalone lah. Oh, uh, the saying here is that uh, it doesn't anything don't belong to you until you until you put it in your stomach. Hmm. Hmm. Eat up till till it's your own. Hmm. This is our thinking lah. You go you Cantonese sometimes wear very chin chai chin chai, but eat lah. They want to eat the best lah. Yeah, that's true. That's why my my Kong Kong, right? He was very very particular about food. Like he always told my mom that you know you work hard so that you can eat eat well. Mm. Yeah, no. yeah, that kind no. of mentality, lah. So I think you know, in you know when when I was growing up, food was always so important because my mm. mom had the same philosophy. Okay, I'll just ask you one last question. What do you think are important? Uh, ingredients in Cantonese cuisine. I, 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 this is a good question which I have no no immediate answer for you ah, but I think the most important ingredient ah is something that people always uh, neglect ah. It's actually time lah. Hmm. Oh, is 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 the number one most important ingredient. When you think about it, like even though it doesn't, it is not something that is uh, visible or uh, not so concrete. But actually, it is always time. Mm. So uh, when you think about it, if your timing is wrong, and timing is very important in Cantonese cooking, mm. what you cook ah uh, is all rubbish. Mm. Oh, I give you the best fish there is, and you cook it with the wrong timing. It's wrong. It's not a fish. Oh, different fish when you steam it takes different timing. Mm. Is the ingredient? Is it the fish or the time? Okay. Then when you are roasting something, if you <laughs> roast it. In the wrong timing, is also wrong. Okay. Mm. So people say, "Oh, cooking is um, easy." Or, "Oh, Cantonese cooking very fast. Put in the wok, tot, 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 very fast come out." But there's also some things that takes a lot of time like, in mm. Cantonese cooking. Yeah, like the Even soup. Soup. Yeah. See, you are absolutely correct. You try and cook a Cantonese soup in two hours. Yeah. It's not. There's still soup, mm. but in uh, because we we Cantonese have two kinds of two general kinds of yeah. So, Guantong is half an hour also okay, but still time right? Guantong mm. is at least six to eight hours. Then, mm. Guantong, oh, to me is still the same. My grandma time when my grandma is still around, go to market. First thing in the morning, come back. First thing in the morning. Ah,、uh, first thing after she goes home is prepare the soup for the night. That is about nine or ten o'clock. Start to boil. 
boil until seven o'clock. So this is also time. So when you say most important ingredient, I would say something for your viewers to think about mull over is actually time, most important ingredient. That's such a great answer. Amazing. I, I really think so because uh, like what, what you said, um, my mom used to make soups for the entire day, like literally boil for the whole day with yeah. like dried scallops and the fakao and everything, you know. And it, like when I cook soups at home, you know, sometimes I don't have the whole day to make. La. So sometimes I only boil for two hours and the flavor is so different. Yeah, no, no, different. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you, Pamela. Welcome. See you. Uh. Yeah. Thank you. See you. That wraps up another episode of the Singapore Noodles podcast. My guest on the show was Sam Wong from Lucky House Cantonese Private Kitchen. Also, if you have not heard, Singapore Noodles is collaborating with Hafi to produce a quarterly food publication called Seasonings. Every issue celebrates festive foods and our very first one is going to be on Ramadan and Hari Raya food. Pre-orders will open end of the month and if you'd like to be notified, then you can sign up for our newsletter on sgpnoodles.substack.com. Also, in the days that are leading up to the opening of our pre-orders, our contributors will be taking over the Singapore Noodles Instagram account at sgpnoodles to share about how their families spend Ramadan. So stay tuned for that. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show and I'll catch you all next week.